Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 48 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Chapter 14 Concerning the Impediments to Peace, False Hopes and False Fears. The kinds of impediments that hinder peace. First, if you would enjoy this happy peace, you must remove and avoid the impediments. Secondly, you must use all helps and furtherance which serve to procure and keep it. I reduce the impediments unto Two heads. First, a false opinion and hope that all is well with a man and that all shall be well with him in respect of his salvation when yet, indeed, God is not reconciled to him. Hence will follow a quietness of heart, somewhat like to peace of conscience, which yet is but a false peace. Secondly, causeless doubting and false fear that a man's estate with respect to his salvation is not good. Although God be indeed at peace with him, hence follows trouble and anguish of heart, somewhat like unto that of hellish despair, disturbing his true peace. Either of these do hinder peace. The first hinders the having, the second hinders the feeling and comfortable enjoying of peace. It has been an old device of Satan when he would keep any man from that which is true to obtrude upon him that which will seem to be true but is false. Thus he did in the first calling of the Jews, Matthew 24, 5. When he saw they had an expectation of the true Christ, he, to divert and seduce them from the true Christ, sets up false Christs. Even so, in the matter of peace, If he can so delude men that they shall content themselves with a false peace, he knows that they will never seek for that which is true. It is a common practice with the devil to endeavor to make all who are not in a state of grace to presume that they are. Also, Such is his cunning and malice that when any man is in the state of grace, he will labor by all means to distress and perplex the soul with unreasonable fears and suspicions to make that estate doubtful and uncomfortable, to vex and to weary him. If he cannot drive him to despair, 2 Corinthians 2, 7, 11. 
Now, the heart of man, so far as it is unsanctified, being deceitful above all things, Jeremiah 17, 9, is most apt to yield to Satan in both these cases. Whence it is that there are very many who boast of much peace and yet have none of it, and many fear they have no peace, who yet have much of it. Wherefore, the rule is, believe not either your deceitful heart, nor the devil, when they tell you either that you are in a state of salvation or in a state of damnation, but believe the scripture, what it saith in either. You may know when these persuasions come from your deceitful heart or from the devil thus. First, if the means to persuade you to either be from false grounds or from misapplication of true grounds. Secondly, if the conclusions inferred from either persuasion be to keep you in a sinful course and to keep you or to drive you from God, as if you need not be so strict in godliness or that now it is in vain or too late to turn and seek unto God. Then it is from Satan and from a deceitful heart, and you must not believe them. But if these persuasions be from a right application of true grounds and do produce these good effects to drive you to God in praise or prayer and unto a care to please God, They are from his gracious spirit. Section 2. The causes of presumption or false peace. The false peace and evil quiet of conscience arises from these three causes. First, from gross ignorance of the danger wherein a man lives because of sin. Ephesians 4, 18, 19. Whence follows a blind conscience. Secondly, from groundless security and presumption that all shall be well with him, notwithstanding that he knows he has sinned. Deuteronomy 29, 19. And knows that Sin is damnable whence he has a deluded conscience. Thirdly, from obstinacy through delight and custom in sin, Jeremiah 44, 16 and 17. Whence comes hardness and insensibility of heart, which is a seared conscience. Wheresoever any of these evils reign, although God has said there is no peace to the wicked, Isaiah fifty-seven twenty-one, 
that is no true peace. Yet such fear no evil, but promise to themselves peace and safety. First Thessalonians five three. Like those of whom the prophet spake, who had made a covenant with death, and with hell were at an agreement. Isaiah twenty eight fifteen. Yea, though they hear all the curses against sinners, which are in God's book denounced against them, yet will they bless themselves in their heart and say, They shall have peace, though they walk in the stubbornness of their hearts. Deuteronomy twenty nine nineteen. But whosoever is thus quiet in himself through a false peace, it is a sign that the strong man keeps the house. Luke eleven twenty one, and that he, continuing in this fool's paradise, is not far from sudden and fearful destruction from the Almighty. First Thessalonians five three, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty. Whosoever, therefore, would have true peace of God must know and be thoroughly convinced that by nature, by reason of Adam's first transgression, which is justly imputed to him, Romans 5.12, and because of his own inherent wickedness of heart and life, Romans 7.18, Psalm 51.3-5, of omission and commission, in thought, word, and deed. He is in a state of sin and condemnation, having God for his enemy, yea, is an heir of wrath, Ephesians 2, 3, and of eternal vengeance of hellfire. According to that of the apostle, all have sinned and are become guilty before God, and have come short of the glory of God. Romans three, nineteen twenty three. Ignorance of danger may give quiet to the mind for a time, but it can give no safety. Is not he foolishly secure that rests quietly in a ruinous house, not knowing his danger until it fall upon him? Whereas, if he had known it, he would have had more fear and disquiet, but less danger. Section 3. Grounds of False Hope Discovered and Removed Let no man presume upon weak and false grounds that he shall escape the vengeance of hell or attain to the happiness of heaven. How weak and vain are the foundations on which many build their hopes of salvation, and from thence their peace will appear by that which follows. Number one, some think that because God made them, surely he will not damn them. True. If they should have continued good, as he made them, God made the devil good. Yea, an excellent creature, yet 
Who knows not that he shall be damned? Matthew 25, 41. If God spared not his holy angels, Jude 6, after that they became sinful. Shall man think that he will spare him? A sinful man shall be judged at the last day, not according to what he was by God's first making, but as he shall be found defiled and corrupted by the devil and by his own lusts. When Judah became a people of no understanding, it is said, he who made them will show them no mercy, and he that formed them will show them no favor. Isaiah 27, 11. Thus it is spoken to every sinner remaining in his sin, notwithstanding that God made him. Number two, some say their afflictions have been so many, so great, and so lasting that they hope they have had their hell in this life. Whence it is that their hearts are quiet in respect of any fear of wrath and judgment at the last day. I would ask such whether they being thus afflicted, have returned to God that smote them, Isaiah 9, 13, and whether their afflictions have made them better, or whether, like Solomon's fool, brayed in a mortar, Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-two, their sin and folly is not departed from them. If so, they must know the more they have been and now are afflicted, if they be not reformed by it, this does presage that there is the more and worse behind, as it was in the case of Judah. Isaiah 1, 5, 5, 12 through 13. Amos 4, 6 through 13. Many have been often and extremely corrected by their parents, etc., Yet, remaining incorrigible, have at last suffered public execution. Let me hear you sing it, church. <laughs> this concludes episode 48 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.